In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the True Life Podcast. I hope everybody's having a beautiful day. I hope the sun is shining. I hope the birds are singing. I hope the wind is at your back. I hope you're in the mood to really dig into what you think is creative. I hope you find yourself listening to this, creating wonder in your day, because I have a wonderful guest that's going to help you create and understand the world according to him, Matt Mayus. I hope I said that right. Did I say that right, Matt? Did, well, you're pretty close. Maze, yes. Maze. Okay, so Matt Maze. Matt Maze. Okay. Well, hold, hold up. You know what's you know it's funny. I'll, I'll tell you. I've you're not the only one. I've had my name pronounced like a million different ways, or it's spelled a million different ways, like M M A Y S M A M A I Z, what all that type of stuff. But when somebody when somebody looks at it, then you know they know how to pronounce it but you basically yeah you basically pronounced it right yeah i love it it's it's interesting to think about the way in which we pronounce stuff because in some ways it's it it speaks to the idea of creativity i think like when the way you use your words to describe something is very similar to the way in which you would draw something because you're doing the same thing kind of describing it but here i go getting way out in left field before i even introduce you so matt he likes to create Matt creates new experiences by deepening the fusion between art and storytelling. He graduated with a BA in media arts and animation and received the Outstanding Achievement Award from the Art Institute of Colorado. He blends mythology and surrealism with a voracious appetite for creativity. And you can kind of see his artwork in the background back there, but Matt, maybe you can give a little bit more background. What do you, like, what is you, give us a little bit of a background on you, Matt. Absolutely. And thank you for that wonderful, wonderful introduction. And uh, man, I just love your energy. I just absolutely love your whole vibe, dude. <laughs> so cool. So cool. Um, so for myself, I've been an artist since I was seven years old, and I've just always loved storytelling. 
in any way, shape, or form, including novels, video games, movies. It, it just the magic of, of the narrative has really spoken to me in so many different ways. And I'll, I'll never forget this one day when I was about seven years old and I was playing this video game, which I consider to be one of the greatest of all times, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, right? Classic. So we were taking a break and we go upstairs to his attic and he presents me with a pencil and paper. Now I'd, I'd never drawn before, so this is completely new to me, right? <clears throat> and I have the cover of the Mario 64 game in my hand where uh, Mario is flying, he has the flying cap, he has a castle behind him, and I attempted to emulate the line work on the cover. I tried to draw the line work on the cover, right? And I just had this amazing, amazingly euphoric feeling that has just never left. And that was really the day that I fell in love with creativity, with drawing, you know? So I drew all kinds of different things. Oh my God, I filled sketchbook after sketchbook with Mario, uh, Mario characters, you know? I just drew all, all kinds of different stuff, right? And, and I think when my parents really caught on is uh, one day when we were in, in church, you know, I was like raised Christian, right? Um, I was drawing the pastor and the background, the wall, the wall behind him. And I was so hyper intent on drawing like the wood grains behind him, right? So I was going like very, very detailed, right? And one thing I've learned over the years, I didn't quite realize this back then, was that it's more the passion I had for that activity rather than my given bag of talent that I started out with, which we all, you know, have our innate ability we may start out with in any given activity. But I just absolutely loved it. You know, I just absolutely have always loved drawing. And that is what has propelled me throughout years through 27 years almost 28 years of of art right so in that time i've sought out all kinds of different techniques that um you know the know-how composition things like that like i've learned all these different things along the way simply because of what i've loved in the first place so that's really where it's it's all sparked out of but uh there was uh, the massive, um, really massive, pivotal moment for me only a handful of years ago, really. It's hard to believe that it was. it's happened within this recent time. But I watched The Power of Myth interviews with Joseph Campbell and Bill Moyers when it was on Netflix. And this was the first time that I'd really heard Joseph Campbell speak at length. You know, I'd known who he is, that he is an expert in mythology, kind of, you know, had an understanding of who, he, who he was. I even took a class on the hero's journey before, and that was more of the Christopher Vogler model, right? And that's more of right. a, a literary framework, like how to, right. you know, as far as I understand of how to how to write a compelling narrative, right? But as we know, mythology goes much deeper than that. It goes much deeper than how to write a good story, right? Yeah. So I binged all the way through that series, all of, all of those episodes. And that was such, um, such a powerful moment for me because it took these two things that I've always loved, art and storytelling, 
it made me realize this is what I'm put on this earth to do is to take these worlds together and bring forth this world of myth through art. And so that's what I've set out to do ever since. And in the, in the midst of that series, I was creating what I now call the edge of myth series, which is a seven part psychological and spiritual journey featuring different deities from different parts of the world. Right. So we have Eve from Genesis. We have Hercules, Davy Jones. He's more, you know, like sea tales. Right. We know Davy Jones, like Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Freya, you know, Freya, of course, she's back there. Right. We have Ganesh, Siegfried, and my version of the Bodhisattva in Buddhism, who is someone who has attained enlightenment or is someone who's been able to uh, reach like you know grasp something meaningful grasp something of, of substance that can then help others they're compelled to give back to others through compassion so you're going on this journey if you're able to gain something and then you bring it back into the world to the benefit of others which i think is a real true mark of a hero is someone who's able to do that is is to go even beyond themselves and do something that benefits people around them. I love it. I, I one of my, I'm a huge fan of Joseph Campbell as well, and I love to bring up the hero's journey or even Nietzsche's camel to the child when I start thinking about the way in which myths can be formulated and given to the people. And I think there's a there's a wonderful, beautiful symmetry between someone who has the ability to create stories and pictures like you do. And for those people that are looking and watching, if you just look at the image behind Matt, you can catch a glimpse of some of the ways in which he interprets mythology and then paints you a picture. You can't see it right now because it's not close enough. But as you appear and get closer and closer to Matt's work, it draws you in because there's images within images within images, much like a mythology has a story within a story within a story. So let's, let's mine that a little bit. How, how did you get there, Matt? Like when you start drawing, like what's going through your mind? Are you like, okay, this is the, like, is the outer piece of the image, like the beginning of the hero's journey? Are you building a world when you do the frame of it? And then as you go into the smaller and smaller details, you're building out like the the threshold guardian. Just give us a, what's going on when you're drawing, man? Well, it's, it's a complex question, but I'll answer that as best as I can. Okay. Thank you. As far as, yeah, as far as the technical piece, I've always loved go, going into the details. I've always loved uh, being able to go into, you know, the tiny like dragon scales or things like that. That's just something that's always, you know, turned me on as an artist. Right. But uh, it took me a while to learn how to scale up, to learn how to draw very large. Like every one of the pieces in, in this series that Freya is a part of are on a 36 by 48 inch canvas, right? So good, you know, good sizable canvas, right? Yeah. Uh, so that, that took me a while to, to get there, you know. As far as when I start an individual piece, I'll always start with my curiosity. I'll always start with um, like researching. I want to know as much as I can about this particular figure, why they're important, what they represent, 
I'll dig into different sources on the internet. I'll read books. I'll, you know, do I'll cross analyze different sources, things like that. Because what what has often happened with symbolism is people can obfuscate the meaning. I mean, and like they can, they can intentionally confuse the meaning. They want it to mean this, and it actually means this. You know, so. Uh, I'm. I really want to do justice to the original meanings, and <laughs> when we're dealing with mythology, we're also dealing with different cultures as well. So I have a really deep respect for honoring those different cultures through the artwork, right? So within that, I play around as much as I can, or as much as um, how to put it, like through my individual lens, right? And this is the way that I like to think about it as, as an artist. You're not just channeling what is inside of you. You're channeling something that comes through you, right? So like the word, I keep coming back to the word genius and where the word genius actually comes from, right? It's this idea of spirits speaking ideas into you and then you are the receptor of them and the vessel through which they come through, right? So if you think about it genius like genies or genesis yeah. right so so if you think about the very construction of the word is like an admission that you are not the source of it that you're the one that that it comes that it comes through right and so you can be humble to that yeah. right so when you're open and when you uh when you can say you know i'm i'm a vessel for the you know, i'm the one that they come through right there's a great honor in that as well right so i want to be very curious very humble and very honoring to start off with do as much research as i can and i'll even be researching while i'm creating the piece right uh, <laughs> so but but to but to the technical part what i actually do in terms of my artistic process I'll start with a sketch to say it could be on a, a piece of paper. It could be a sketchbook or something like that. And I'll, I'll get the, as much of the, the defined details. I think that, that I need to carry on and go through the piece. I want to get as, as much of um, a, a clear idea as I can in the sketch, which really that's the purpose of a sketch. Uh, it's not just a shitty drawing. It's <laughs> you know, <what> is, <laughs> no, the sketch, a sketch is a study. A sketch is a study for you to be able to then pr prepare for that final piece, right? Ideally, right? If you're intending to make it into a final piece, which I often am because I'm very focused on building my collection and I'm like, I hardly ever do something that's just kind of for fun, but sometimes I do, you know? Anyway, then I'll take that sketch and I'll say, what's the canvas that I want to apply this to? So say it's 24 by 36 and I'll divide that into a grid. So say, you know, uh, three by four or something like that. Uh, so then I'll take, I'll take that, divide the canvas into three by four, divide the sketch into three by four. And then I, as I'm using that grid, I can then apply that to that canvas. Right. I can say I want this to be as much of a match, an effective match from the sketch onto the canvas as it can be. So then I do the very detailed sketch on canvas and then I get to applying the mediums, which are the acrylic 
uh, airbrush and paint pens. I, oh my God, I have gone to really, really love that whole combination right there. And, um, let me tell you, for those who are familiar with paint pens, it be, it's like being able to draw with paint. They're freaking awesome. It's like you can't you can't get clearer line work uh, on a physical piece than paint pens. You know, so they're just really really awesome. When I need to do some really really clean lines, and airbrush is fantastic for creating a sense of softness and also highlights. So those are two things I've really been focusing on in my work recently, is the like explosive pop of the highlights. And in realism, if you look around, if you just if you just notice around you, and artists are doing this all the time. If you're observing around you and you you know you do still life type type stuff, uh, there's there's softness in the way that light and dark play with each other. You know, so you could think of, you know, I used to think of this took me a, a little while to wrap my head around. <laughs> like this thing is light and this thing is dark is not really a very good way to think. You want to think in an integrated way, like the, the light starts over here and then it has a fall off, right? It has a, mm. it has a fall off, which creates, you know, that's a gradient. So it goes from light to dark right so it sounds simple and it sounds obvious but that one took me a while to grasp and then it's actually applying that to artwork it's a whole, whole other deal and patience man like i will stick with that piece until it is finished you know some you know there are a lot of artists who are like you know how do you know when it, you know people ask me when do you, when do you, how do you know when a piece is finished or like Oh, a piece of art is never finished. Like I'll get to the point where I can't conceive of another thing that I want to do on that piece of artwork because I look at it and I say in my mind it's done. Mm -hmm. That's when I know, you know. And that could take sometimes hundred. Like longest I've taken on a piece I think is around three hundred hours or so. Wow. But yeah, yeah. So the the way I like to think of it is, however many hours I spend on that one individual piece. The amount of time that it's going to exist like that afterwards is so much longer than that. Yeah. You know, so it might as well be as quality of a piece as it can possibly be. You know, we could talk about refining, optimizing, and getting better and faster and all, all those different things, but like, you know, do the damn thing justice. Do you feel that with every piece that you create, that you learn something new about yourself? Oh yeah. Oh, Can you give us an example? Give us an example of like one of you. What have you learned with in one of the your favorite pieces that you've collected or you've created recently? Oh my god. Actually, I'll tell you about an experience that I had. Okay. There's life changing Thanks. and something that opened me up to, you know, uh, that really that really opened me up. And this this the whole creation of the Edge of Myth series really was a journey in and of itself. You know, not just creating the artwork itself, but also me expanding and me me learning about myself. Um, so, so I. This was during lockdown. This is 
uh, during 2020, right, where we were all, you know, inside. And I thought to myself, well, I have all these different pa paintings that I'm going to finish. Like, I might as well get down to it. You know, I might as well get down to down to some work, right? And so that was my routine. Get up, paint, paint all day, paint all day, paint all day, you know. And so I wanted to get a lot of progress on the remaining pieces, pieces which were Freya, Ganesh, Siegfried, and the Bodhisattva, right? So I did a bunch of work on them without necessarily finishing because uh, this one thing I, I find works for me when I'm working on a series, and I do enjoy working on series specifically, is I like to volley my energy around. It keeps things fresh and it keeps me feeling productive and I'm constantly moving, constantly churning out new work, you know? Yeah. So got a bunch of progress on Freya, then Ganesh, then Siegfried. And then, um, then I got to the last piece, the, the Bodhisattva. And I'll never forget, I had this vision. And I tell you, not like a hallucination, not like, you know, I've never had anything, well, haven't had like a you know like seeing things and you know with waking eyes right but i would have a mental vision right but i closed my eyes and i i paid attention to it i tell you <laughs> each one so each one of these pieces was a total mental physical spiritual and psychological investment like like i was all into every single one of them right and so there's this one day that I saw this in, in my mind where I'm in this castle. We have different things, all these different creations around, right? We have two thrones and there's a young boy who I perceived as my younger self, my, ch or my child self running around this castle screaming, where is she? And I just, I felt that. I felt that to, I felt that shit in my bones. Right. I felt that cry out in my bones. Right. And I, I felt this energy rushing through me, like tears streaming down my face. Like I was having a deeply, deeply cathartic experience. Right. Or deeply just. Yeah. And it was like some, you know, Saul being knocked off his horse type thing, like the, the light shining and you can't ignore it anymore. Right. right? And so it, at that moment, it just became absolutely clear to me, like, like I have to, I have to find whoever this is, you know, I have to find, I have to find this person. That's my quest, you know, and I could perceive that it wasn't out of loneliness, but rather out of who's the person who belongs next to my soul. You know, who's the, who is the person who is fit to sit on that, that seat next to mine? Right. And so I kept I kept working. I kept creating the rest of the series. And I worked my way back from it's funny we talking about going to the top of the mountain and coming back down. That's pretty much what I did. You know, I pretty much went up to the top and worked back down to Freya, who ended up being the very last one, the final piece that was completed. And uh, so I was working on my I was working on my OK Cupid profile and stuff at the time, right? And uh, and so I took the the last five pieces that I needed to be scanned in to get scanned in, and uh, my father gave me a ride there that day. He takes 
these pictures of me with all these different pieces in front of the print shop, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm looking at these. I'm like, that's pretty, it's pretty good. You know, it's pretty awesome. So I picked one of those and I put it on my OkCupid profile. And sure enough, within like two days, I was talking to Helena. Um, she might, I don't know, maybe she, she may have sent me the first message. I actually can't remember which one of us message first. I think it was her. And then the day after that, we started texting. And two days after that, we went on our first date. And no way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the cherry on top happens to be that 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 date happens to be two days um our wedding date is two days shy of our two-year anniversary of us going on our first date <laughs> and i i only realized just how quickly all that would all that had happened because i write the birthday on the back of each piece right like i i you know i wrote down when each piece was completed i write down the day that it's finished and i looked on the back of the freya piece right and i'm like oh my god that'll happen in less than a week after i finished the whole series so look at that and i say what else can you call that like miraculous seriously i mean if you just if you just listen to all the events that i just described to you how do you explain that with normal logic and words you know <laughs> that it, that's that is one of the greatest stories i've ever heard it's so beautiful to think about how you can begin creating this thing inside your mind and then translate it into this creative process of of, of drawing something and then you draw that very thing into your life like you you literally drew that thing right into your life man that's mind blowing to me, man. That's, that's right. It is. It is. It is. And you know, Freya has been such a, a bond for us since we first met. And you know, actually, uh, for a while, she, Helena had the piece of artwork as her screenshot, or um, uh, was it the lock screen, on her phone. So I'd be talking to people about my artwork, and she would be right there and she would have her phone she'd be like this is his artwork right here showing everybody <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> that's so amazing I th yeah <laughs> praise be <laughs> blessed be freya <laughs> oh my god do you think that more people like listening to the story do you think that there's <laughs> something to this idea of manifestation where like if you begin not only pursuing something, but wholeheartedly, if you if you have the courage to have that moment where you're like, I gotta find her, and you you pour your 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 creation into something, do you think you can you can other people can use that same strategy or harness this energy to draw those things into their life? Yeah, absolutely. But I tell you, it took me a quite a journey to get to that place because I've always been the type of person that if I couldn't conceit you know and this is still a thing that i i deal with is like the mind is a very powerful tool but it is not the the end all you know it's 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 a very good tool for us to use but when we think that uh it seemed again it seems so obvious but 
if we think that the complexity and the vastness of the world is uh, due to dumb itself down to our level of understanding, <laughs> right? That's where we fall into trouble, right? Yeah. You know, if we th if we think the world is only as large as we can understand, then, you know, that uh, ironically we think mind is huge, but that's very small minded thinking. You know, so it took me a, took me a while to some knocks on the head to get to get to that point. But, uh, but, yeah, I think people. Well, a lot of people are very interested in manifestation, and there are a lot of people who are practitioners of it but i think there are a lot of people who don't quite understand what it means and there's a, a lot of language around it that people i think get get confused you know and it, it becomes this word that's kind of tossed around you know like oh look at this motherfucker manifesting Ooh, you know oh <laughs> <laughs> you manifest you know but but if we think, if we think of what it is simply is what is manifesting but trying to bring something about into your life it's just a fancy word for trying to make something happen yep. Yep. right so when we're talking about the you know the energetic we're talking about drawing the experience into you and that's that sort of thing right there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot to be said for that you know there's a lot to be said for that because we're all trying to do that yep. you know we're all basically we're all trying to make some stuff happen in our lives are we not right yep. uh, one example I, th I think is really great if you've ever listened to this uh radio address uh the strangest secret it's called the strange is called the strangest secret by earl nightingale and what he said was this was that the idea that it's so strange that we that we don't have this idea that this is that this is lost to us that our minds can direct our futures the our minds can direct our our course in life right and specifically one thing he says in this address that is incredibly powerful and has been repeated by well preceded rather by religious teachers with you know wise people far before he has is that what you believe you then become you know what you believe about what you think about all day long you then become whether for good or for bad you know so for example for myself i used to be painfully awkward super shy super depressed all the time i went th i went through crippling depression when i was in high school and for numerous years afterwards and had no idea of my future, had no idea of who I wanted to be. I was barely hanging on to life, man. And oh, wow. art was really that lifeline for me to be able to have something to hold on to, you know, something important to hold on to. Like art, when I say art saved my life, art literally saved my life. You know, it literally saved my life from my depression, right? And so from that time, I've been able to go on and do do things like this, do, uh, you know, I've been able to, to go on and do things like, you know, interview with interview with you. This is something my 18 year old self would never want to do, right? Would never want to do, right? Um, 
been able to create this amazing artwork. I was insistent on being a bachelor until I was like <laughs> 31 years old. I had, I, you know, my, my family's like, what, have you ever thought about getting, when are you going to get married? When are you going to, I was like, no, 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 no. I was like the green yeah. eggs of ham. No, not going to have it. No. Right. So it took me a long, long, long time to reach the point where actually the, the story that I just shared with you, that was, that was the turning point. That was the point where I was like, I, I have to find this, like I was open to being a father. Like I was open to getting married, uh, open to marrying someone who I, frankly, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone for it before because I wasn't in that place. You know, she's extremely attractive. Woman. I mean, I love this woman. She's the there's the love of my life. You know, but I wasn't there yet beforehand. You know, and now I'm the stepfather of a ten year old son. I freaking adore that kid. You know, I love that child. And um, yeah, we just we just passed our one year mark for. We just celebrated our one year anniversary. I don't know if you can. See my wedding ring there? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. It's a good one. What do you yeah. do? You guys see yourself as like with your background in art and the relationships and being able to draw this life around you right now. Mm -hmm. Do you see like what myth do you equate this to? Like you've you've definitely moved into the world of myth making and stuff, but do you mm -hmm. see? the series that you have that you're working with as a manifestation of your life, like you drawn this person into your world oh, and yeah. this relationship. So are, how are you actively drawing the future for your life? And how does that look in the artwork that you're making today? Oh man. I love that question. Thank you. Thank you. I think you're the first person who's ever asked that question. I love, yes. well, yeah, you're like, yeah, <laughs> look again, dude, Love your whole vibe, man. I love your energy. Um, so, so that's one thing I failed to mention for the Edge of Myth series. So each, in each one being based around different phases of the hero's journey, mm -hmm. I also wrote out different parts of my life that I've experienced those different phases. Like those actually go, those actually go with the artwork, right? And I honestly, I should implement that more and share that more with people i think that yeah that you know, be a great point of connection but that's something that uh that we shared in uh this program that my wife and i created we call immersive art meditation so we so and she came up with the idea the name i i told her that i'm seeking to create ways for artists to be able to present themselves and present their work and expose themselves to an audience in these exciting new ways. She goes, and literally one day she goes, what about immersive art meditation? And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> so, so, or I am for short, right? Wow. Beautiful. It's like, holy crap. And so, yeah. So what it is in a nutshell is uh, their focused art experiences through the lens of guided meditation. So she is a shadow work practitioner. She's like, she's licensed in shadow work. And so she knows how to create these visualizations that are relevant to each piece, uh, relevant to the symbolism, the wisdom that are, you know, that are reflected in each of the art pieces, right? 
So we'd have these sessions. We just started off with the Edge of Myth series. We went through all seven pieces, right? And we had a, a good handful of regulars too, people who'd, who'd come back for each session, you know? So we would have, uh, would also was called a journeyer journal, which you get to reflect on different phases of the hero's journey, reflected through the artwork that uh, that go with your own life, you know? Um, and yeah, different que different questions uh, for you to be able to reflect, you know, breaking into groups and, you know, we had a whole, we have a whole integrated thing. We would hold these sessions just right out of our living room upstairs, you know? Um, and that was a really great opportunity for me to be able to share the storytelling and share um, really the thing that's been most rewarding for me is being able to take something as admittedly esoteric to some people as myth and have people have these light bulb moments like, oh my God, that's I've had that happen in my own life. Oh, that makes sense. This is something that's going on in my life right now. And be able to gain some clarity about it. And the beauty of the journal, as I see it, is we're going to go through these phases throughout our lives, right? It's not just going to be a one-time thing. So you can look back on that journal, and instead of it being a you know arbitrary random experience that you're going through, you can be able, what did I write down about this last time I went through this phase? What can I gain from that that I can then bring into this experience and have really a better time integrating what's happening with me right now, you know? So yeah, something we're incredibly passionate about, immersive art meditation, and always seeking to expand it, always seeking to, you know, bring in, bring in new people. Um, so as far as, as far as the future, I'm heavily, heavily invested in spreading the message of art and creativity and self-awareness through mythic art throughout the world. Mm -hmm. So I've done, you know, so much artwork. I've done, uh, I feel like I've got so much of my business structure in place and, you know, good and, and, you know, really all I'm seeking to do right now is expand. You know, all I'm seeking to do is expand to new people, bring new people in and, yeah, I've even made the art available in different forms, right? So this, uh, you see the tapestry back here, We've got tapestries, t-shirts, hoodies, greeting cards, prints. I've got a illustrated book, uh, Israel Aztec Priestess. I'm very, very proud of that. And it just won a bronze medal. I'm very, very happy with Congratulations. that. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. Oh, stickers. Oh my God. Just got some rad new stickers, some rad new Freya stickers. I'm very excited about that. Um, let me, let me jump in right here and ask you this. So when, yeah. when I think about I am or immersive art meditation, like, that's mind blowing to me. And there's so much in what you just said about your partner having the ability to do shadow work. And, you know, when I'm looking at a lot of your artwork, I notice that you've gone with like this black and gray motif. We've already talked about perspectives a little bit. Like I see this incredible like weaving of a tapestry between shadow work, between perspective, between meditation, besides expanding. Like, like, can you help me draw all that together? Like, like 
Joseph Campbell, myth making, shadows, Carl Jung, perspective, black yeah. and gray. Like why why black and gray? Like what is it about black and gray that seems to be something that draws you in? Well, just one part that's intentional and one part that's unintentional. I'll tell you the intentional part first. Was okay. my my original plan starting with the uh, with the Edge of Myth series was to make an I think I'm still going to do this, you know, <laughs> uh, but to do the grayscale versions and then reprint mm. those on the same size canvas and then paint those in color. So that way I would have the grayscale version original and also uh, a painted version, a physical painted version. I think that's just a really, really cool thing, right? Yeah. So that was the unintentional, or that was the intentional part was, was that whole process. The unintentional part is that they give this sort of this timeless look, and I really love that. Yeah. Now you can look at them, and and I mean, I would, uh, I would, it's hard for me to imagine them original otherwise because they're so characteristic in what they are. You know, like I wouldn't, I, I don't look at them and go like, oh, I wish that was in color. You know, I wish that was. <laughs> those colors like I, yeah, I look at yeah. them like no that's exactly how i want it you know it's exactly it's it's exactly how how it should be and actually i'll tell you my very dear friend august has grown so uh has just grown so much in his his relationship with uh frith as you would say in norse with freya right his, uh your frith is your relationship with Freya, right? So he has this, I keep pointing over the wrong shoulder, excuse me, this tapestry hung up on his uh, on his ceiling. They sent me this video one time when it, it was on his wall where he had this these multicolored lights uh, sort of so, slowly strobing over that piece, you know? So you have these reds, these purples, these, you know, I just put out a, uh, sizzle reel on my Instagram. You can go check it out. It has it has that video in there. Um, really proud of that, by the way. <laughs> but it has has that video. That wouldn't have been possible if that image were in color, right? Because her being grayscale, you're able to do really cool things like that. You're able to do really cool things like project your own colors and and things like that. And I tell you, like. People love, people love some Freya, like really, really do. You know, it's funny. I've had this experience where I'll show the whole series, like I'll I'll line up the whole series, and people instantly gravitate towards Freya, which is so cool, because uh, so she represents. So when I, I mentioned earlier that they each uh, represent different chakra points as well. So she is the heart. Right, so she is the she's the heart, and I think it's really interesting that people have such a love for her. Her, you know, representing the heart, they really gravitate towards her. So in that way, I feel I've I've really really hit the mark in a in a really meaningful way. But to get to your question about how it all comes together, I've just always been such a curious person I've always been very interested in how things work how you know things that I'm interested in like how 
you know, philosophy, wisdom have always been things that have fascinated me. I've just always generally been uh, genuinely been interested in. So, uh, so one reason, massive reason why I love mythology is because it's a container for all of these different aspects of the universe, all these different aspects of how we understand ourselves as humans. And it's really this amazing playing uh, playground for me to be able to pour in all of my different fascinations into any given piece, right? So, so when I'm researching and when I'm really going deep into a piece, I'll say I want to represent different uh, aspects of them that are they're known like Lakshmi, right? Coins for sure. Like she represents abundance. The coin, you know, putting the coins in there, and she represents abundance in many different forms, right? The, you know, the divine feminine. Uh, we actually, <laughs> so my wife and I just did. Uh, prayer to Lakshmi this morning. She's she, so she's really been going into the Hindu traditions in uh, this yoga teacher training that she's doing, right? And they they do a lot of stuff with with the Hindu deities. So we did a, a Lakshmi chant this morning, and yeah, so she represents that giving, that outpouring, and and so I'll think about uh, again this being open to all different connections all different ways that may be connected to those core ideas, you know, to those core, the core idea of like abundance and uh, even some wordplay, like with my Lakshmi piece, I have one stream of coins going outward and then one coming inward, right? Because if we think about the word currency, it's like a stream, like a current, it flows in and out, you know, you have money coming into your life and going out of your life. Right? Is it? It doesn't just always say, uh, you know, stay still, right? Like you know, right? It's a not a pool of money. It's a, it's a current. <laughs> it's a current, right? But and and what's the you know this is saying in like financial circles, whatever money gets bored, you know, likes to move around. If it <laughs> if you don't keep it moving, then it's gonna leave. <laughs> all that all that sort of thing. But that's a whole other can of worms. But anyway. <laughs> But that's why I love curiosity. And the more I look around, the more that, you know, I do what artists do. And I'm looking around the world around me and saying, what sticks out? What can I pay attention to? What's there that I notice that I can observe that I can then pour that knowledge and wisdom into the artwork, right? Because if anything, I want it to be relevant. I mean, I, like it better be, it better be relevant. You know, yeah. So, so it's all at the same time. There's a lot. I mean, there's so much space for self-expression. There's so much space right. for you know my own fascinations, my own. Um, the way I like to think of it is, is it's like the ideas choose you as an artist to come. I love through. that. You yeah. know, like artists, like, like you, you know, you could say you have passion, or passion has you. Creativity has you to come through. You know. And so there's plenty, there's plenty of space for that, but, um, but really another lesson I've had to learn is it's not all about me. The artwork is not all about me. And especially if I want to create artwork that connects with other people besides just myself, then it should be something that's, uh, you know, deep and relevant and universal and something that, that other people besides myself 
can connect to, right? Because in that way, they can be a mirror for for people to really connect. Like the fact that you can look at it, man, it lights me up. The fact that you can look at the artwork and see all those different things and have them have them stand out to you and knowing that I put that stuff there and you can then, you know, receive that signal and yeah. it means something to you and, and there's a dynamism there. That's real. To me, that is, that is, that's as real as it gets, you know? Do you feel like people are getting to consume, I guess the wrong word. Do you feel as if when you give life to something, be it a symbol, a piece of art, that you also allow someone else to partake in that life? Like you kind of give them a little bit of your life when they see it and they can yeah. recognize that symbol in you, right? Like that's pretty damn beautiful, man. Yeah, it is. And actually, to speak to a, another deity, um, Prometheus is another one I, I love him here highly highly resonate with you know literally is the one who clutches the flame brings it down into the world let's think about in how many different ways that's possible right and that's where I love how myth can interweave with real life right like let's just think about how many things are possible because we have fire okay yeah right like how many things are possible because we have heat, you know, but in the metaphorical meta metaphysical sense, right? So if you think of the, the place that the flame comes from that, that ineffable source, that place that we can't see with our physical pair of eyes, right? right. So when you're a creator of some sort, whether it's a, uh, artists uh, i mean whether it's a you know visual artist a musician or you know or you think in creative ways right and we all have the capacity for creativity uh, we just we can just express it in different ways right but it's that reaching up into the place that only you can perceive right, right? you have a vision of some kind or you you have a sense you have a, a thread that you're trying to pull down into the world right and so you're tugging at that thread and you're pulling at it and you you know and it you know there's there's the whole journey of bringing it down and it revealing itself to you you being more in tune with what it uh what it means what it you know uh, <laughs> um yeah. and all the while you're bringing it into a form that people besides you can experience right so it's not just you seeing it in your own head all of a sudden it's a painting on a canvas it's a song that everyone else can hear, right? Yeah. So now, instead of being a possibility, it's a real thing that has brought it, been brought in, and you've been able to be the person who's brought that experience about, uh, made it possible for others to to enjoy it, you know. And I think that is just just an incredibly noble pursuit to be able to do that. I think there's there's true nobility in in making something that others can also experience. And you also get to experience, because guess what? Mm -hmm. I get to look at Freya too, and I love her. Yeah. You yeah. know, I have, I have the tapestry hung up in my meditation space at home. So I get to spend mornings with Freya every morning, you know? You and First off, that's a beautiful way to put it. Thank you. I've never heard it put like that. But, but... 
I'm going to have to go back and revisit this idea of pulling something down and allowing that thing to be expressed through you. Like, that's beautiful, man. I, I really, I've never heard it put that way. In some ways, I, in some ways, I imagine you, your artwork of Freya, I imagine you looking through her eyes at all the people that see it. <laughs> like, you're getting to look, is that too crazy, man? I kind of get out there sometimes, but like, I don't, I don't know. It's, I think it's wonderful, man. Like, do you ever feel like you embody that? Like ever, like ever what now? Do you ever feel like you embody the very, like when you leave that artwork, like obviously when, when you, when you <laughs> leave that artwork, do you feel like you can kind of still see through? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of getting out there. A little yeah. Bit. I'm no, too, no, no, a little between the mushrooms. No, no, Am I on the right no, track? No. So uh, my very, very dear friend, Scott Mason, who, by the way, you would, if you haven't met Scott Mason, you would absolutely. Hook me love up. Him. Let's talk to him. I would love to talk Let's to him. I'd love to. I would love to. And he's a okay. fellow fellow octopod as well yeah. yeah in the octopus movement he actually introduced me to perry so he right. he was how i got brought in right but um so he has introduced me to this idea is incredibly passionate about mythic avatars and so what okay. that is is it could be a mythic figure who you identify with very strongly whether in your personality your life circumstances well i think it Actually, it goes deeper than life circumstances. It, it's, you know, you who you personally identify with, right? And I think there could be one too, because uh, Freya has really resonated with me powerfully in the feminine. Mm -hmm. And um, Prometheus, definitely Prometheus, definitely Prometheus has, has been for the masculine. And also, I've really recently i've really recently gone into identification with odin from norse okay right had some very powerful odin type experiences uh anyway so that's that's what a mythic avatar is right and so if you find that there is a specific figure you're like i've never thought about this person but you know i just i can't stop thinking about them or i you know i a figure you know a mythic figure you can't stop thinking about that might be something to go into. What is it? I see Merlin. Yeah, Alicia's talking about Merlin. That's who. That's that's yeah. a, the magician, right? Yeah, the magician of uh, King Arthur's court. Yeah. There's some great mythology in there. Yeah. Oh man, that's cool. <laughs> Merlin. I actually have a Merlin piece. That's amazing. I'll have to I'll have to share that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Merlin. Oh my guy. Um, but. So this is this is where man i've had such a such a multi-winded road around mythology and how much time have we got like we got i know you said an hour do you mind if i tell a story real quick yeah man please please okay okay amazing so you know because i was i was brought up christian right like i went to numerous different churches things like that and i always felt that um oscillation between connection with god the connection with you know with the creator and also this sort of illness that went with being in the institution of church which i found over time to be two different things right it's very important that those are two different things right seemingly connected but uh but what i realized was that 
I couldn't I couldn't remain in that. I couldn't remain in um, that feeling of disease, you know. Yeah. And at the same time, there is so much psychology that can tie a person into thinking a certain way, right? And mm -hmm. like I said, I've always relied on my mind, and, and this is where it, I I had to think my I felt like I had to think my way out. You know, I couldn't. If you have deeply set beliefs. If you think that you can just simply say, "Oh, I don't want these beliefs anymore," and I'm going to walk this way, <laughs> good luck. Happen. Yeah. Good luck. Right. So what had to happen for me was uh, I had to be able to see evidence with my own eyes, right? And that's a pretty tall order if you're talking about being deep, deep in you know Christian culture. So there was this one day where I was watching this video i found this video on youtube um this guy because uh pastor ray higgins he's very into comment egypt all, all that kind of different stuff it's very fascinating whether you you know yeah he has some very insightful things to say um you know up to you if you buy into his whole philosophy and all that kind of stuff but i tell you what i saw from the video i watched was well he went to we did he went to egypt and he took pictures of all the different iconography. He took pictures of all their different symbols and he came back and he said, hey, look at all this stuff. Like they have a Trinity, just like in the Bible. They have all these things, just like in the Bible. So me being able to look at that and see that with my own eyes, mm -hmm. right? I came to this intersection where it's like, well, it's all, it's either all real or it's all bullshit, you know? And at that time I was just, happy to uh, to not have to believe what I thought I had to believe anymore, right? And so I was yeah. very heavily atheistic for a long, long time, you know, and more than a little bit of an asshole about it, which it's funny. This, this might this might wrestle the jimmies of some atheist, but whatever, you know, like like Christians can definitely be hardcore about trying to convert people and trying to bring them to faith or whatever. I think there are a lot of atheists who are equally fervorous about trying to yeah. deconstruct, you know, and I was, was definitely in that camp, you know, For, but what I found was that, that that wasn't spiritually sustaining, you know, it wasn't something that it, like I knew, like I knew that I knew that you have a thing called a soul or spirit, like it was just, it's just always been inconceivable to me to think otherwise. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was in this place of kind of walking through the desert for a long time. Right. But um, but I kept my mind open because the one the one trend was my quest for, well, what's the straight dope? You know, like what's really going on here? Like what's what's actually true is the thing that's mattered most to me above any of the other uh smog and miasma that, that gets in the way you know so i kept going along and i was paying attention to people who i could tell weren't like hardcore christians you know talking about god so this really fascinated me so i'm like well you're not like these people over here you're not like nothing like that but you're what so uh, so it opened up the question in my mind, is it possible that these people 
might understand something that I might not understand or be attuned to something I'm not attuned to. You know? So that cracked the door the door open just like one percent, you know. Right. So like I just had that kind of asterisk, like okay, maybe. Um, but I had to really be in that place where, again, I'm like I really want to know. Like I really, I really want to know what's going on here, you know. Yeah. So I think when you reach that place. When you are in, when you're in that place of, um, and a lot of people who've been through like a severe depression, who've been through uh, like traumatic life experiences, right? And you're just like, man, I don't know. I don't like. I know that I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I want to know. And the thing that it's so interesting that the thing that people call out for is, I just want to know the truth. Like, I just want to know the truth, right? When you're in that place, I, I've i experienced things happen. Yeah. When you're in that place, something will answer. And so that answer to me was during the duration of, I keep pointing over the wrong shoulder, goddamn cameras are ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I'm a bit eccentric? Anyway, <laughs> um, so so much of that revealing for me was creating this series. You know, was creating this series and symbolism weaving itself in that I I know I didn't intentionally put there, mm -hmm. knowing that you know with any knowing that it means what it means. I'll, uh, um, so I'll, I'll use another example. Uh, the Ganesh piece. So there, so there's this festival in India. It's called Chartuthri, and it's all about Ganesh. All, you know, and, and I researched this as as I was creating that piece, right? Um, you get different statues. You can put them in your car and your house and all all these different types of things, right? And there's this really interesting ritual where they'll take these gigantic statues of Ganesh and dip him into the bay of Mumbai, right? They dip him into the sea, and it's meant to uh, symbolize his return home, that, that sort of thing. So I didn't know that before I depicted Ganesh sitting cross-legged in a body of water <laughs> in the sea, right? So when I, so when I read that, when I've like when I read about this festival and I read about that ritual, I'm like, holy shit. Like I just put it there and it, it lined up with this completely different, different thing, this completely related thing. I couldn't possibly have known that, right? you know, right. So that confounded my mind, confounded and opened it up in a positive way, in a way that's wondrous, you know, opened me up to a new, dimension of what my art can do what you know what my art is able to bring forth in symbolism and and sort of round out the answer to, to your question i simultaneously have a regard for all these different cultures all these all these different myths from different parts of the world right and then there there are the ones that i personally most identify with and i'm okay with those being two different things 
you know, two sort of connected, but, but different things. Right. And, um, yeah, so for my, myself, I've really been, uh, feeling called to my Norse side recently. Right. So, so Odin and, and Freya really been very connected with them. And, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. I, and when, when I think back to that, like when I actually found out that I'm part Norse, um, there's this one day where, you know, my mom was telling me that my aunt had this blood work and, you know, revealed this DNA. And I just, it's just like, oh, so you're, you know, so you're part Norwegian. And, and I, to her, I don't know if it was that huge of a deal, right? But she was like passing this along, you know, but to me, I'm like, you know, the land of the black coffee, the Vikings, and then the, all these gods. And I was just like electrically excited, right? I, was, I felt like I was just like oh in the metal and i was just, yeah. i was like i was so jazzed at learning this like i learned i learned a very deep and important part of myself and i've just felt myself coming back uh back to that again and again and again you know and so now i'm much more conscious about it and and uh much more intentional about honoring that different side of myself you know through through the artwork through meditation through ritual you know so so yeah, yeah i would invite people to to that curiosity as well like you know i'm so much a proponent of self-awareness uh through art or through you know your life in general what really speaks to you you know what you're really passionate about and you know the realm of mythology really is no different you know if you find that there are different figures that stand out to you then, you know, look at yourself too. Look at how you may have something in common with them. And yeah, I would I would encourage exploration of those things. I love it. It, it never ceases to amaze me, the call to adventure. And we mm. find it in all the stories around us. And if you start on some level, just from talking to you today, and I know this in my own life, I think we parallel on so many different, on so many levels, different and same, but... You know, when you start beginning to understand the call to adventure, you can't help but begin living it. The more you get drawn into the myth, the more you become the main character in the myth. And I hope by listening, but by everybody listening today, I hope you understand what that you can create the things you want in your life. You can you can literally draw them into your life the way Matt has. And I want to point everybody to to the links below to go check out. Uh, Matt, his studio, and and the links down there. You should reach out to him and check out everything that he has at Quantum Keyhole Studio. And this idea of I am, like I can't, it just, it seems so perfect to me. But before I let you go, Matt, would you <laughs> be you. so kind as to tell people where they can find you and if you have anything coming up and what you're excited about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And again, George, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a tremendous experience. Right back at you, man. Thank you. <laughs> So I'm local to Denver, different places you can find me. My website, quantumkeyholestudio.com. I also have a link tree that, I mean, that's best. That's really the best way to find everything. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E. -E. I think it's backslash QK studio or no forward slash forward slash QK studio. Right. And before I go, I want to tell you about 
another project that I'm very excited about. I would be remiss if uh, if I didn't mention Mythic Monday. And this is a collaboration that I've been undergoing with a very dear friend and fellow myth enthusiast, Scott Mason. Nice. What Mythic Monday is, in a nutshell, is each week we pick a unique mythic figure and we feature them on the show. We dive into, this is on Instagram Live, we dive into the meaning within their story and I create a live sketch of that figure as, you know, as Scott is telling the story. Then at the end we come together and we have a dialogue about it. And I tell you, we have really enjoyed a very, a very enthusiastic audience uh, through the duration of each episode. We, we just completed episode 30 this past Monday, and we talked about Sophia, the Gnostic uh, divine feminine at, at deity, Sophia. And um, we've also started having guests, too. So that's to anyone who's listening. George, if you're interested in a unique figure, yeah, and you want to be a, you know, we're looking we're looking for guests and of course of course i check all this with with scott you know we yeah you know, talk about these things we coordinate all that all that good stuff and um yeah it's it's really it's really something special you know yeah i'm looking that, forward to it maybe sisyphus for me i feel like i've been pushing this boulder for way too long <laughs> you know what i mean like my whole life i was pushing sisyphus this. Yet. <laughs> yeah let's do it man yeah. All right, my brother. Awesome. I'm gonna well, touch me, base with you. Let me link you up with Scott for sure. Yeah, yeah let's do it, man. That. That'll be fantastic. Okay. okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, hang on briefly afterwards, man. I want to talk to you briefly afterwards. But to all the people watching and listening today, thank you so much. I hope that you get um to go down and check out the show notes, check out the artwork. But more than that, go back and listen to the stories and figure out how to draw the thing that you want most in your life into your life. That's all we got for today, ladies and gentlemen. We have a wonderful day. Aloha. Boom. Peace. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision and I hope you all conquer it and I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better, your life will be better and you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.